Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Southbridge Weekly. We are finally back after a long hiatus. I hope everyone had a great uh, holiday season, a good Thanksgiving, because we missed Thanksgiving. We also missed Christmas and a Happy New Year. So I uh, hope everyone had, had a good, good time with their family as much as you could see them with COVID. Um, I'm joined by Todd Wiggins, our pastor. Todd, how was your holiday season? It was absolutely wonderful. You can imagine Christmas with five kids. Uh, it is wide open, and we announced and shared with the congregation uh, leading up to Christmas that we are expecting number six next year. <laughs> so pray for us. In fact, we're, we're talking about prayer today. Yeah. We would appreciate your prayers right now. Yeah, put them on the list. Uh, <laughs> very brave. So, uh, yeah, we just have one little kid running around our house and uh i can't hardly keep up with him so but you're a brave man but you already have five and you've told me several times that once you have five it doesn't really matter anymore yeah once you get past three it really doesn't matter how many you have past that because at that point you're playing zone at this point we're playing spread zone and uh it really doesn't matter the size or the number anymore uh we just sort of figure out how to make it work someone's gonna get supervised everyone else Make it work. Not so much. Yeah. yeah. Just figure it out. <laughs> Be responsible. All right. Well, guys, um, we are doing a series and continuing one. You may remember, even though we were gone for so long, like I said, uh, called Bite Size Beliefs. Where what we're trying to do is get a, uh, a um, concept of theology, and we're trying to kind of pack it down into something we can talk about in 10, 15 minutes, sometimes 20 minutes. Depends on what it is. Um, and this week, um, like Todd has already said, is prayer. So... Just as a um, recap on what we've talked about before, um, last time we were together, we talked about God, creation, and providence. So that's just something where we were before. You can go back. You can listen to that podcast. But like we've said, we're, today we're talking about prayer. Um, and one of the things that we all, I think, know about prayer is it's communication with God. Um, but how does that actually work? Um, how should we pray? Um, and what is prayer on a deeper sense, I think, is how we'll start. So I think we can all agree, uh, watching the national championship game, Ohio State really needed prayer this week. A, b- a bad prayer, yeah. Yeah, big, big yeah. One. Uh, Alabama, I mean, it would have taken divine intervention for Ohio State to even have a prayer in the game. Yeah. Um, and, and so uh, one of the ways that uh, God interacts with his creation, with us as his creatures who are made in his image, is through prayer. He, he wants to have communication. He wants to have communion with us. And so uh, really at its heart, prayer is personal communication with God where we adore his character and his person. Uh, we give him adoration. Uh, we confess our sins. We thank him uh, for his power and his provision in our lives. And we submit or, or make supplication uh, of our request for him to work in certain areas of our lives. When we pray for ourselves, uh, that would be petitions. We would be asking him to do something particular in our lives. When we're praying for others, we would be, we would be interceding uh, for others, making intercession for others. And, and really a simple way to remember uh, a simple um, understanding of prayer acts, uh, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. I love acronyms, so that's very helpful. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, uh, deep in my soul, as a creative person, we're always dealing with acronyms. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so when we when we're thinking about that idea of communication and 
communion with God, uh, a, a very helpful way for me to think of it. Our kids have walkie-talkies, mm-hmm. uh, so no matter where they are, what they're doing, even when they can't see each other, even when they can't hear each other directly, uh, they can press their little button, and all of a sudden, uh, they are able to communicate, uh, whether they're inside or outside or wherever they are. But really, uh, when we think about prayer, prayer is much like that with the with us communicating and communing with the God of the universe. It's really a direct link from the front lines of the battlefield here in this world all the way back to Command Central, the throne room of mm-hmm. God himself. And so we're able to talk to him and commune with him and have fellowship with our creator. Awesome. So why, um, and this seems like kind of a silly question maybe, but why do we pray? Like what is the reason for prayer? Um, is God unaware of who we are and what we're going through? Like, or is he aware of it and it's just a discipline for us to bring it before him? Like what is the why behind prayer? So as we think through this, I, I mean, let's start with the fact that God doesn't want or need us to pray in order for him to figure out where we are, what we're going through. Uh, we're reading through the Bible. Uh, we've, we've, been, we've got almost 50 people reading through the Bible together, and, and it's a wonderful opportunity. Uh, you can find those links on our social media and also on our website uh, to be able to read along with us uh, in uh, the Bible recap, uh, but God is not unaware. And we were reading this week, we've been in Job for the last week and a half or so. <laughs> and, and what he says at the beginning, God says, has, have you considered my servant Job? Well, that tells me God, he knows Job. Mm-hmm. He sees Job. He understands exactly where Job is and what he is going through. And, and so that's a great comfort. God's not somehow unaware of who we are and where we are and what we're going through. Uh, but Jesus tells us that we are to make use of prayer uh, and, and to see and understand that our Father knows what we need even before we ask. Mm-hmm. See, God wants us to pray not because he needs to know where we are and what we're going through, but to express our trust in him. Right. We need to express our dependence. And so the primary emphasis of the Bible's teaching on prayer is that we pray in faith, asking for God to work. We're basically expressing our dependence upon God. Mm. And so God is our creator, delights in being trusted and by his creatures. And so praying in humble dependence indicates that we are genuinely convinced of God's wisdom, of God's love, uh, of God's goodness and power. In other words, we believe those character attributes that we have already talked about. And, And so when we truly pray, we as persons in the wholeness of our character begin to actually connect with God as a person in the fullness of his character. So all the so all that we think or all that we feel about God actually comes into expression in our prayer. God delights when we emphasize uh, our dependence on him. And so that really means that, that as we think through prayer, uh, we can look first at the opening line of our Lord's prayer. We we call it the Lord's prayer and it starts out our Father who is in heaven. See, in that moment, we are acknowledging that God is our heavenly father and that we depend upon him as a loving and wise father. uh, And we recognize that he 
oversees and orchestrates all things. That in other words, he is sovereign over all of creation. So scripture many times emphasizes that we need to trust God as we pray. And so Jesus actually tells us and reminds us uh, of this picture when he compares our praying to a son who would ask a father for fish or an egg, something to eat, something they need. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus says in Luke eleven thirteen, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And, and so uh, the implication there is God knows what you need. He understands your needs. He wants you to ask him. But listen, if if I as a sinful and broken man can still give good gifts to my kids, mm-hmm. surely the Heavenly Father who is perfect and pure and all wise is going to give the good and gracious and perfect gifts to his children. So just as children look to their earthly fathers, to provide for their needs here upon this earth. So God expects us to look to him as our eternal father to provide ultimately all that we need. And so we should ask our heavenly father in faith, just as Jesus says, whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Mm -hmm. Secondly, not only uh, should we in prayer confess our dependence upon God, but God, um, also wants us to love him and to have fellowship with him that that idea of communion yeah. right uh, how does Katie know that you love her that you care about her and, and that you uh, care for her more than anyone else or anything else in this world I spend time with her trust me that's her love language and it's not mine so I know it very well <laughs> <laughs> you better make sure you you invest that time and, and that you have communion with her see see uh, this is the reason. God wants us to pray. Prayer brings us into deeper fellowship with God where we have a a personal relationship. If I say I love somebody, but I never spend time with them, I don't uh, invest in that relationship. Is that really true? Hmm. See, God loves us and delights in having fellowship with us. And so we ought to, in that way, spend our time, give ourselves uh, to that developing that relationship. Awesome. So I think we have a a third point about uh, why God might want us to pray. Yeah. So we, we definitely need to confess our dependence upon God as our heavenly father and and our need for him to act in our lives. We need to have fellowship or communion, but also God wants us to pray because it allows us to participate in a story that is greater than ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, so not, now we are moving from the realm of just an earthly existence where we're interacting with the world in which we exist and this is all there is and all there ever could be. And so when we pray, the work of God's eternal kingdom is advanced as we seek his will to be done on earth, even as it is in heaven. Wow. Okay, so those are the reasons why we would, why we would pray. Um, the next one, the next thing I want us to talk about um, is what effect do our prayers have? Like, how can we know that our prayers are heard and answered? So when we ask God, our Father, uh, for things in prayer, God responds to those prayers. And Jesus makes a clear connection between seeking things from God and actually receiving them. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, 
and to him who knocks, it will be opened. He implies that failure to ask deprives us of what God would otherwise have given to us. So, so James tells us, you do not have because you do not ask. And so what we would simply understand is we pray and God responds. We, we should pray and we should pray expecting for God not only to hear us, but for God to actually answer or respond in some way. And see, I think one of my own personal failures and many Christians' failures is that if we were really convinced that prayer actually moves the heart of God and causes action, then we would probably pray a whole lot more than we do currently. I don't know about you, but I sometimes find myself just amazed at the prayerlessness within the lives of Christians, mm-hmm. within the life of the church at large. See, Scripture repeatedly teaches us that when we pray, we are seeking for God to act and to respond and, and to take action upon those requests. So we would pray a whole lot more if we truly believed that God was not only hearing us, but that He was going to respond. So one one thing that um, we're we're reading through um, a book kind of as we as we do this to prep, and one thing that they mentioned in that he mentioned in the book and that I heard about before um, was when Moses is up on the mountain and the Israelites have made a golden calf and they are they are worshiping the golden calf as Yahweh and he says I'm done and I want to destroy them and what Moses does is he prays mm. and he says God don't don't destroy them because you have said that you are like this. You are compassionate and, and long suffering, merciful, all this stuff. So I think it's so cool that, um, that, and it's something that you just talked about how, how we don't think that God moves, but there's precedent in scripture of like God actually responds and changes his mind in that very instance. He changes his mind. He's not going to destroy Israel. Mm -hmm. He's going to have forgiveness and compassion on them. And I think that's so cool. And something that, like you said, we don't, we don't think about in our, in our daily life that when we pray that that actually does do something. It actually does affect God. Absolutely. It, it moves God himself. And, and the amazing thing to me is uh, how that comes about because uh, we are sinful and broken people, right? Mm-hmm. And because we are sinful and broken, uh, God is perfect. He is pure. He is holy. And so really, we don't have a right to go before God's throne and to come into his presence and to make our requests known based on who we are or what we can do. And so really what we understand is there needs to be a mediator between us and God. We need a mediator to come between us and to prepare the way to provide a statement of who we are and how we are acceptable for our request to be heard by the King of all glory. And so uh, God allows us to come into his throne, to come into his presence, to make our request known, not based on who we are, but based on who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus becomes the mediator. In fact, 1 Timothy 2 uh, says there's one God and there's one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And so our prayers should be based on his authority as our mediator. And we should know that as we pray based on him being our mediator and in accordance with God's character and God's will, 
He's going to hear our prayers and he's going to respond just like he responded to Moses. He heard Moses. He accepted that plea uh, for him to relent of his anger and not to destroy them, but to extend compassion and mercy upon them in that moment. And so uh, we ought to remember that that uh, I, the effectiveness of our prayer is not based on who we are and how we come before God in ourselves, but that we come through the mediator, Jesus Christ, the God-man who lived a perfect life, who died in our place, who rose again, and we stand in his stead, making our request known as those who are loved by the living God. Yeah, wow. That's, and that's such a, I mean, we talked a little bit beforehand about how people struggles with seeing, you know, their, their prayers effectiveness, and that's, that's so good that it's, our, our hope is in that it is um, Christ that is the mediator between us and a, that's an right. all-powerful God. So another thing that I think that people might have um, a hard time with, um, and because I know there's lots of, I mean, sometimes competing ideas, I, I guess, on this, but um, what should our attitude be in prayer? So when we pray, you know, there are a whole lot of people, I don't know if you've ever turned on TV late at night, and all of a sudden you find these guys and uh, they just say you need to name it and claim it. And if you speak it, it'll come to pass. And it's almost like you are in total control and God must respond to your whims. Mm-hmm. And no matter what you say, if you say it in the right way, uh, you, then you have ordered and structured it. And God must do what you desire and what you want. And, and what I would simply say to that is God is not a genie in the bottle to be commanded. Mm -hmm. He is not a magician to be manipulated. In fact, a lot of people say uh, they they claim and talk about Psalm 37, 4, uh, God will give you the desires of your heart. I I don't know if you've ever heard anybody talk about that passage and, and claim that passage, but the amazing thing is they always just quote the end of Psalm 37, 4, that God will give you the desires of the heart. They leave out verses 3 and the beginning of verse 4, because in verse 3 it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. In other words, you are living for God sold out completely. You are God. You're not telling him uh, what you want. You're living according to the Lord. You're depending upon him, trusting in him every step of the way. And then it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. He will give you the desires of your heart because your desires have been conformed to his desires. So your delight is not in your passions and your pleasures, but in God's pleasures. So the answer may not be when we are praying what we want in the way we want it, or maybe even in the time frame that we want. Mm -hmm. But we pray delighting ourselves in God, in his glory, and in his will, and trusting that his answer will be in accordance with what he desires. Mm -hmm. And, And so we pray through the name of Jesus, our Messiah, our Savior, and, and we pray uh, in concert with God's will that God's glory and kingdom might be built. And so when he hears these prayers, he answers in accordance with what he desires. And, and he works, we understand and we trust, he works all things together for the good of us 
and ultimately for the glory of his kingdom and the glory of his name. And and so uh, our attitude should be humble when we come in prayer. Um, I would say as we pray, there ought to be some some basic understanding of, of how we ought to approach God in prayer. Number one, if you want to be heard and you want to move the heart of God, we should pray scripture. Uh, we should just uh, take the promises, the truth of Scripture, and pray it back to God. Uh, a great podcast that helps me with this uh, is a podcast called Pray the Word by David Platt uh, on the Radical Network. And so uh, if you want to just sign up for the Pray the Word uh, podcast for about three to five minutes every day, he just takes a passage of Scripture, he breaks it apart, and then f- spends a few minutes praying it back to God and, and setting that example of how to pray Scripture and the principles of Scripture uh, back to God. Mm-hmm. Secondly, we should pray in faith depending on God. Yeah. We should pray, God, uh, we need you. We desire for your will to be done. Uh, we confess that I can't fix myself. I can't fix my problems. I can't fix my loved ones. I can't fix my world. I need you. I need your power. I need your presence with me. Uh, Thirdly, we should pray asking for forgiveness of sin. Mm -hmm. God, search me. Know my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the paths everlasting. Lord, I need your forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9 is a beautiful passage of Scripture to pray. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. What a beautiful promise. We need to be forgiven for who we are and what we've done, and we need to be brought into a right relationship. And so we ought to be searching our hearts, seeing if there's anything in us that's hindering our prayer, and then put that before God and ask for his forgiveness. Fourthly, we should pray for God's grace and strength to allow us to obey God and to follow his commands. Jesus says they'll know you because you obey me. Because you, your love for me is seen in your obedience and following uh, my commands. And so praying for God to give us the grace and the strength on a daily basis where I don't fall in line or come in line with God's uh, work and will in this world, I need to be changed. God, help me. And then uh, finally, we should pray for God's will to be done, for his will to be done on earth even as it is in heaven. Uh, let him accomplish uh, here on earth and reign and rule here on earth, even as he is in heaven. Uh, of course, probably the greatest uh, model prayer of how we ought to pray and what we ought to pray is the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our our trespasses as we forgive others who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Mm -hmm. What a powerful statement. One of the things that I like to do on a regular basis is just pray that prayer. Mm -hmm. Just pray the, the model prayer and then think through Where is it that God needs to change me to bring me into alignment so that I depend on him constantly? 
so that I become more and more like him, so that I uh, let his kingdom reign and rule, not just in this world, in my life, in such a way that others could see and know him personally. Wow. Well, guys, hopefully that that will help y'all as you walk day to day, as you um, pray. Um, That's one thing that I would like to challenge us all. Um, really think through this. Maybe, maybe today, as you're listening to it, you pray the Lord's Prayer. Um, you really think about what you're saying. You don't just say the words. Um, they're pretty. It's an easy thing that I have done in the past. I just say I, I know all the words of the Lord's Prayer and just say them very easily. Think about what you're saying. Um, I think that that can be really powerful. Um, so, as as always, we love y'all. We're so thankful that you are um, that you're listening. That you're here with us each week. Um, We will see y'all next week. Uh, Until then, grace and peace.